1: Minno provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gomeno.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. Crystal Payne, also known as the money-saving mom, is a wife and mom to more children than we can count through the miracles of childbirth, fostering, and adoption. She is a homeschooling mom who learned how to be financially savvy from her own parents. We are thrilled to get the chance to sit with Crystal to talk about both the hard and the beautiful parts of parenting the children entrusted to her and her husband, Jesse.
0: Crystal, we are so honored that you would spend this time with us today, and we had to stop and start a few times. We had one scheduled, had to cancel, got to get back together, and so we just are delighted to get to sit down and talk about a lot of things with you. We have a lot of different kinds of questions for you, because you've got a lot of different aspects of life going on at the same time, and so we would love for you to maybe just start by telling us a little bit about your family.
2: Yes, well, Sissy and David, it is such an honor to be here. And I would say our family is never boring. No. Um, we have an almost 17-year-old, 14-year-old, 12-year-old, and then we have a 10-year gap because we struggle with secondary infertility. And the doctors told us we would never be able to conceive. So then we were pursuing foster care. And the last week that we were in our home study to be licensed as foster parents found out we were expecting. So we now have a 19-month-old, and then wow. we went ahead and became became foster parents. We got to foster a sweet little boy from the NICU. At this four weeks, we brought him home four weeks before we brought home our biological daughter from the hospital. So we had two newborns for eight months during 2020. So Mm -hmm. The pandemic was an interesting season for us, as it was for everyone. And then he reunified with his mom, but we're still really involved in his life. So I say Mm -hmm. we have six, almost seven children, because we also then have a 16-month-old that we are fostering in the process of adopting. And he has um, special needs, Down syndrome. He came to us with cleft lip, cleft palate. He has a G-tube. He's learning Mm -hmm. how to eat orally. So we have him. And then I am expecting So, (laughs) which is so exciting. Yes.
0: That is amazing. Yes.
2: Our kids say we're starting a whole new family again. So, (laughs) yeah. Wow.
0: God must have just given you expansive love in your heart (laughs) to have all these children. In so many different ways. I mean, it's just amazing.
2: You know, it's to look back and see the 10 years of secondary infertility and Mm. what I think of, you know, if God had given us our desire Mm. and what we prayed for, I see these two little boys that that we're so involved with and that are such a big part of our life that would never be a part of our life were it not for— those years of waiting and longing and God just working in our heart. And Mm so we're just so grateful. And truly, I feel like he just expands your heart Mm -hmm. and just gives you so much love. People all the time, like your hands are full. And I'm like, my heart is so full. Yes. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful.
1: Well, we're excited to talk with you about so many things today, fostering being one of those. And can you tell us first just what led you to make these important decisions for your family?
2: You know, foster care was never something that we were thinking early on in our marriage oh, we'd love to foster or adopt. It honestly was not even on the radar. And then during those years of infertility, you know, just recognizing that we just had more space in our home and our hearts, but we still didn't really see it as foster care. We saw it as other ministry opportunities that God was opening the door for. And then some friends of ours started fostering and walking alongside them and starting to recognize the need. We had no idea that every night, there were children in our area sleeping in the DCS office because they had no home to go to. And Mm -hmm. we just started praying about it. And we went to the introductory class and my husband and I were just like, once you know the need, we can't just walk away from this. And so God just really opened our whole family's heart. And I will say that it has been one of the hardest things we've ever done but also one of the most life-changing things that we've ever done and especially this last year after our sweet little boy that we fostered for 8 months saying goodbye to him and him reunifying with his mom it's hard to describe in words the deep grief mm. that came with that right. but then his mom making the decision that she wanted us to continue to be involved in his life and so you know I would say they don't teach you in Foster care classes—what it looks like to walk closely with birth mom after mm. reunification—but it's been such an honor to get to love her and walk with her. I feel like my heart has expanded so much to care for these birth mamas too, and they need our support so much. Mm.
0: I bet you're such a great mentor to yes. them
2: too. Well, they teach me so mm. much though too. I yeah. mean, I feel like it's like to see their selflessness and their sacrificial love. And I think it's so easy for us to kind of label people and look down on Mm. people and have critical attitudes. But Mm. when you start to understand their story Mm -hmm. and what they've walked through, it just changes your heart. Mm. And you just think, if I were in their shoes, I can't even imagine what it would be like. Mm.
1: Yeah, proximity really does change perspective for all of us, yes. doesn't it? I love how you spoke to that.
0: Yeah, it sure does. You've- David, did you get your taxes
1: finished? Oh, was
0: <laughs> what did you say? Was what are you eating?
1: Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone.
0: Where did you get them?
1: Thrive Market.
0: Oh, how much do we love Thrive Market?
1: I could record an entire podcast about that topic.
0: You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen.
1: I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on.
0: (laughs) From pets to kids to grown-ups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive.
1: Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online and then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver.
0: I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs.
1: Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks.
0: And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order?
1: I saved $32.
0: I saved over $12.67.
1: How much did Patches save?
0: (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I
1: am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month.
0: Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give.
1: I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rbg for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift.
0: That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rbg thrivemarket.com slash rbg.
1: so you can live clear and clear.
0: Use as directed. Said some of this already, but what would you say are some of the specific joys of fostering and challenges?
2: So the challenges, we'll start with that, the lack of control. Mm-hmm. I realized very early on when you are bringing this child into your home and you're loving them as your own, you're parenting them as if They are your own. You're loving them on behalf of their birth parents. And yet you have so little control because Mm -hmm. the state is making so many decisions for them and you just have to go along with whatever they say. And again, the courts are making so many decisions for them. And so you don't know if at any time they're going to decide, okay, we're going to change course and this child is going to be in a different home or a different situation. And so just... I learned so quickly that I like control
0: Mm.
2: and that I feel like I have control over my kids. And with this, I learned that I actually don't. Mm. And it was so helpful for me to let go and to trust God and to truly have to say, okay, God, I know that you love this little boy more than even I do and I can trust you for that. And then to also have that perspective for my own biological children. And it's just changed the way that I parent my children as well and trusting God, instead of feeling like I need to micromanage. And so I would say that was one of the cons, but it's actually turned into a pro. One of the blessings has been seeing our children, our biological children and how their hearts have been opened and expanded. I feel like they have such a heart for children who have walked through trauma. Mm -hmm. They have such a heart for birth parents. They have such a different perspective. If they are interacting with someone who's really struggling and maybe having a really negative attitude, a lot of times I'll hear them say, I bet they've had a really hard home life or, you know, something like, so it just has given them this understanding of Mm. how trauma affects people. Mm -hmm. So that's been really amazing to see. And then also because of the little boy that we are in the process of adopting him, having special needs, and it's just opened up our hearts to what it looks like to love deeply and for them to have now this passion for children and adults who have special needs. And I've just seen that and I feel like God's going to use that in great and mighty ways. But I feel like we are the ones that are blessed and so often uh, people who have children who have Down syndrome, they'll talk about, we're the lucky ones. And I never really Mm. understood that until now. I feel like we just have been given this greatest, greatest gift. And it's such an honor to have him in our home and to think we get to have him for forever. Wow. Wow.
1: Your new book is called Love-Centered Parenting. Can you describe for us the premise behind the book?
2: Well, if you had told me- seven years ago, I was going to write a book that had parenting in the title. I've been like, you got the wrong person. I don't talk about that topic, but I didn't know that four years ago, one of our kids was going to go through a really, really difficult season and just really hit rock bottom and spiral out and the anxiety and the depression and then become suicidal. And as a parent, there's just nothing more difficult. Well, there are a lot of difficult things as a parent. But one thing that I never would have seen myself doing is walking into an ER and saying my child's suicidal. Mm. And that day changed me forever as a parent. And walking with my child and having to learn how to parent in a different way, because I realized as my child then was able to get into therapy and counseling I was parenting for my reputation Mm. instead of for relationship. Mm. And so many of my decisions were based out of fear, pride, and shame. And I was so worried about what other people would think. I was so worried about future for my kids. And so much of my momentary reactions were based upon playing things out 10 years down the road and that pride and that selfishness that I had of what other people would think. And God just had to kind of take me back to ground zero and show me how much He loved me and take me on this journey of learning to be reparented by Him. So then I could learn how to parent in a different way. And so that's really what this book came out of. And it's not about, here's all the 10 ways to have perfect children, (laughs) but about how to understand how much we are loved by God and how to let his love flow through us to our kids and how that can change the whole temperature of our home. Wow, yeah.
0: What would you say to parents of kids right now who are really struggling?
2: I think one of the biggest things that I always want to tell moms and dads is you're not alone. I think it's so easy for us to feel alone. And I remember being in that hospital room and feeling like there are so many people who have no idea that I'm here. And I feel so much shame and guilt that I'm here. And I don't want to tell anyone that it's come to this place. And I felt like I was the mom of that kid and everyone else. I remember getting on social media and just seeing these, you know, beautiful pictures and these beautiful stories and thinking, why are we the ones that our family is falling apart? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just easy for us to start believing the lie that we're the only ones who have struggles where every family, has struggles, every parent has heartache, every parent goes through really difficult seasons. And it's not to be shared for everyone, but I think being willing to have a few safe people In your life, that you can be really honest with. Mm -hmm. Therapy and counseling has been one of the best things for us. Um, Getting a medical diagnosis of mental health issues, medication, all of those things have been life changing. And to be willing to step out of my little safe bubble that was like, that wouldn't happen to us, Mm -hmm. and be honest with, you know, no, this is a real thing. And my child needs help. And I'm going to let go of that guilt and shame, or, you know, I think a lot of times we have these feelings of like what counseling and therapy and medication mean and what they are. And, and we don't let ourselves recognize that it can be a real gift Mm. in certain situations. And so I just want parents to know that you're not alone. You're not the only one and you have God with you, Emmanuel Mm. God with us. Mm. He came down to this earth to be with us, and you don't have to do it in your own strength.
1: Mm.
0: Yes,
2: I love that.
0: Thank you. Thank you for your honesty and vulnerability in that.
1: I was thinking as you were sharing just this week, it's you know the end of 2021 as we record this, just this week, the Surgeon General declared youth mental health a state of emergency in our mm. country, and speaking to... This reality that the increase in anxiety and depression and suicidal ideation is at an all time high. Mm -hmm. And there were even specific stats. Like, I think if I read correctly, there'd been a 51% increase in hospitalizations for girls, where, Mm -hmm. you know, boys typically lead that space. And all the evidence of so much of what you're Speaking to which is where I'm just so grateful you would Me because too. I think there's not just a parent listening who needs to this. Yeah. There are many parents listening based on these newest statistics. So it just feels like such an important conversation, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and that there's no shame in it. I remember years ago having a child do kind of an art prompt in counseling, and and they did this thing that kind of looked like family math, like happy dad equals happy. You know, when my dad's mm-hmm. happy, I'm happy, and it made me think so much about how there really isn't family math, but we think there mm-hmm. is. You know, if we do this plus this, then our child will turn out this way, and it's just not true. Mm-hmm. And and so often when we're thinking that way, it becomes more about shame, and that's mm-hmm. what keeps us from often asking for help or mm-hmm. stepping into the places where we really can shine some light on what our kids need. And so, yes, just so grateful for your mm-hmm. honesty and Courage and that. And yeah, how God's redeeming the road that you all have walked together Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Mm -hmm. In your voice and the way that you're changing the world and the kids in your house. I mean, just all of it. Mm -hmm. So really grateful for you.
1: Sissy, Melissa, and I love to link arms with other like-minded friends who are working to strengthen families. That's why we are so thrilled to be partnering with Menno to bring you the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. Minnow is a streaming service designed just for kids, but it's so much more than that. Minnow not only provides meaningful screen time, but also shared experiences through devotionals and discussion guides for families to help you grow in life and faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com.
0: This season of our podcast is called Modern Parents Vintage Values. If you had to say an issue that you think now is harder for parents than ever before, what would you say?
2: Probably everyone would say this, but I feel like social media. Yeah. And especially with having teenagers, I just feel like the, you know, TikTok, um, Snapchat, I feel like it's just really changed the way teens interact. Mm. And I think that it makes it difficult when not only do they have very short attention spans, but not even knowing how to really have a conversation, how to look people in the eye because they're just so used to doing so much on their phone. Yes.
1: Well, I'm thinking about issues that are harder for kids. Love to ask you too, just what do you believe is harder about being a parent today that's different when your parents were raising you?
2: to tie in with that i feel like i talked to so many parents who they are like i don't know what to do with electronics and social media and i think there's a tendency to want to just crack down and just say okay our kids are just not going to have anything they're just not even have phones until they're 18 and i think a lot of times that comes from that like we want to protect and it's a good it's a good place. Like it's a, from that heart of you love your kids, but I think a lot of it is fear-based too. And I think so many different people who are out there sharing the dangers of social media, which is important, are doing it from a fear-based model. And I feel like we should never parent out of fear, Mm. parenting from a place of faith. And so what does it look like to trust God but also be wise and have good boundaries. And I I think that that's a real challenge for parents right now. Yeah. What's something that
0: you would like to bring back from when you were growing up that you wish was still true today?
2: One of the things that I loved growing up is my mom would read to all of us together. And I don't know that a lot of families did this, but I just remember I have so many fond memories of us just sitting around and she would just read a book and we'd just go through a biography. We did a lot of missionary biographies. They're just famous people and studying about their life. And, and just, she'd read a few chapters every day. And I just have such fond memories of that. And I also feel like there's so much that I learned from that, that to this day, I'll be in a situation and I'll remember back to, you know, that missionary Story. that was in that wow. really difficult situation and think, you know, it will just give me faith and courage for today.
1: Mm. Along those lines, we'll keep going old school here for a minute. Tell us about something else you love from when you were a kid, a favorite TV show, favorite band, or maybe another favorite book.
2: So I had a very interesting childhood. We did not have television. I was homeschooled and very sheltered. So I don't even know... 80s music. <laughs> and I don't have a favorite TV show because we didn't have television. But I am so grateful for my parents investing so much time with us. And so, you know, the books that they read, like um, there's one, Evidence Not Seen. It is this story of Darlene Diebler rose and she was in a concentration camp and she was in solitary confinement for a very long time. And that is a book that I just... I, my mom read it to us. I read it personally. And just, I think of that so often. I'm like, if she could go through that, surely I could deal with this little inconvenience today.
0: That's great. That is great. So tell us about a project you're working on right now that
2: you're excited about and where folks can find you. So I'm actually working on my next book, you which are? I'm really excited about. And it's all about time management, but from the perspective of really wanting to intentionally use our days. So it's practical, but also philosophical in the sense of what's the point of us using our time wisely. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've been really passionate about since the time I was a young girl. And so I'm really excited about this project. And I love Instagram. So I am on Instagram a lot. So I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. Cheryl, how did me. you become that? Tell us
0: how that evolved.
2: <laughs> how I became the money saving yes. mom. Yes. So my husband was in law school when we first got married and we wanted to stay out of debt. And I was looking for anything that I could do from home because we had found out that we were pregnant and I was not feeling well. So I had to quit some of the part-time jobs that I was doing. And so fell into this thing called blogging. It was when it was brand (laughs) new. like People didn't know what blogs were. You had to explain what a blog was before you told them what you blogged about. And so I started this blog and realized that I loved blogging. And then kind of out of that came moneysavingmom.com. We started that in 2007 because people were just asking me, how are you living on this really small budget, staying out of debt, and never knew that that was going to end up becoming our full-time thing. And so my husband's home full-time now, and that's what we do. So that's how I became the Money Saving Mom. It's kind of evolved into a lot of different things, but on Instagram, yes, I share deals and my grocery shopping trips and ways to save money. amazing. (laughs) But also lots of behind-the-scenes peeks into our Home. Yeah. So, yes,
1: yes, I love that. Well, to that and your new book with a family as large as yours, you have a lot to tell us about balancing money and time. <laughs> so <do>. thank <laughs> That's you. That's for sure. Thank you yes. for putting those tips out there, and we have loved having time with you. And we love mm. to end with something fun. So if we were able to share a meal of tacos with mm-hmm. you, what kind of taco would you want to have?
2: So I love fish tacos, but when I'm pregnant. I crave Taco Bell. Wow, Dude. Taco Bell! Taco Bell. Like, I never eat Taco Bell, but when I'm pregnant, that's what I crave. So <laughs>
1: that's fantastic. We'll take you there.
2: Yes. Do you have a favorite taco at Taco Bell? You know, pretty much any of them. My husband has gotten really smart, and he'll just go like buy the whole box of like the variety ones and bring it home, so that I could have them for breakfast and lunch and dinner. No,
0: so. that is so funny. Well, there's one close by. <laughs> Well, Crystal, thank you. I mean, I do feel like, gosh, you are a wealth of just resources and information. I love that you bring such practical information to folks, but that you're really anchored to such hope. And that's ultimately what you're pointing us all towards and, and what you're walking your family toward, too. So thank you for the time with us and for sharing that with us. We're just so
2: grateful for you. Yes, we are. Well, praise the Lord. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love, and values parents' trust. Check them out at That's podcast.gominno.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-in-n-n-o.com.